box, jump your feet, stop clapping, got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen. Helmets and Heels, brought to you by Underwood Jewelers on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Here's Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks, Amanda Borges, and Blythe Brumley. You know, I forgot to mention to Frank about our prep for the show because he is so anti the word prep now that I just wanted to <laughs> Why? Mention. Why is he Because that? of his colonoscopy prep that he had to do all uh. yesterday. And so the word prep was mentioned so often that he can't stand that word. And so I wanted to get in that in our crosstalk and I forgot to mention prep. But of course we prep for the show. Okay, one thing I didn't even mention that we're going to talk about. We're going to jump right into it because I was really excited about it. It's been too long since we've been able to talk about college football and I cannot wait for that season to start, even though I love the summertime, I, of course, love college football. So, and I actually, it's so funny, Vlad, that you mentioned this topic. I was at a barbecue on Saturday, and this exact topic came up. How do you define whether someone is truly a college football fan versus are they allowed to be a college football fan even if they didn't go to that school versus those really obnoxious, and a lot of times they are Gator fans, I will admit. Truth. Um, so Thank I'll, you for admitting that. Absolutely, no <laughs> problem. That. that they didn't go to the school, but they're very obnoxious, and they claim to be fans, but yet they trash talk a lot. So I want to get a perspective from both Amanda and I, who went to these schools that have, and Amanda, you have to admit, there are some obnoxious Florida State fans, too. Of course, there's obnoxious yeah. fans from exactly. any school. Exactly, um, except for Marshall, where Donna cheers for. Um, but yeah, you I really get... can't say anything <laughs> bad about, right? There's just nothing. It's true. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Moving on. (laughs) But yeah, I want to get the perspective from people who have the obnoxious fan bases, as well as the perspective from Blythe and Donna, who don't necessarily have a dog in this fight, but who have such a great perspective on it, too. So, Amanda, I'm going to start with you. How would you say, when people say to you, are you a Florida State fan? How do you answer that question? (sighs) Okay, how do I say this without being rude? Let let me not be the rude one tonight. (laughs) So I have earned the right to be a fan because I paid lots of money to go to that school and graduate with my degree. However, there are people that cannot afford to go to college, and I understand that. I was very blessed. Um, If you have a family member that went to a school, I think you're allowed to be a fan. If you have a really like like a best friend that goes there and you really don't have anyone to root for and you're like, you know what, I'm going to root for such and such school. Awesome. Um, I still think you can be a fan even if you don't go to college at all because school's not for everyone. I get it. However, you can't be the loudest dog in the (laughs) dog park if you don't even have a dog in the fight to begin with. I'm not okay with that. Totally agree. For me, personally, I grew up, and in, in, when you're born in Florida, you are taught, you pick a side immediately. You pick Florida State, you pick Florida, or you pick Miami. Or Georgia, I, I suppose. Yeah, Georgia, I guess, Somewhat too. in there, too. But th- this question was posed on Reddit that said, um, if you can be a fan of any college team, you have to live within 150 miles within that school. And so a lot of fans are automatically disqualified from that. And I think Florida State is, like, just below the barriers, like 167 miles or whatnot. So I did the math, and I figured, well, fine, whatever. I don't care. I still like Florida State because that's the team that I grew up, and that's the side that I picked. But... On the other side of things, I also grew up cheering for Louisville, but now that they're both in the same conference in the ACC, 
I'm a little conflicted. So now I'm more or less. I bet just, that was a fun game for you this past season. Oh, it was so <laughs> stressful. I've never rooted for Florida State to lose in my life until that game, and it was such a great game. That was a great was, game. Um, but other than that, I, I, I'm just really just a fan of college football in general. I think coaches. I follow a lot of coaches, not necessarily players. I follow rivalries. Um, I just love the game of college sports compared to the pro level, just the tradition and the, and the pageantry. I, I just think it's so different than the, what the NFL offers. Good point. Donna? <laughs> I'm so different in, in a lot of things with this, and that's because I was born in Rhode Island, raised as a professional sports fan. When you are a northerner, the only college thing that you root for is the Frozen Four. You root for college hockey, really. That's it. Sorry. Or some college basketball, depending on where you're from. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, maybe UMass for that, but yeah, no. Um Boston College, obviously, with the football, they get they get some love, but that's you know, that's about it. Otherwise, because I grew up with nothing but the NFL, the NHL, the NBA. So to me, I look at Saturdays like, all right, this is my cleaning day. This is my go do errand day. I could care less about college football. I look at well, you're trying to get to the next level, which is my level, the professional sport. That's how I look at it. But that's why I'm different. I'm not, you know. So I kind of agree with that that same point too. That all I mean, with the NFL, everybody's fighting for a roster spot. In college, you're fighting for a scholarship, and then it's just mostly just bodies trying to fill a roster. I am rooting for Wake Forest a lot though, and that is that's only because wrong. yeah, only because of Bishop Kenny. So Donna covered Bishop Kenny for. How many okay. years? Uh, five? Four, five, something yeah. like that. I got okay. to do it last season. Yeah. It was a Lauren, are you biting your tongue over there? Uh, yeah, I yeah. come off extremely obnoxious in this category, and it's because I have been to so many collegiate sporting events where I feel like, like you said, the loudest dog in the dog park is the one that has zero ties. And it's okay if you have zero ties as long as you are respectful about it. But the ones that I can't stand are the ones that, somehow try and attack someone and they really don't know anything, you know, like, and that's when I start to come off obnoxious because then I'll be like, okay, who's your Mike linebacker, you know? And then people just look at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, well, I can tell you every you know player on my team. Can you tell me yours? And that doesn't make me a better person, nor does it make me a better fan, but it does make me respectful enough of the other person to not get into the argument, which yes, in my family, my parents met at the university of Florida. I went there. My brother graduated from there. It's in your blood. So it is in my blood. And I was raised where the only day of school I missed every year to miss the perfect attendance award was to go to homecoming for the, ga- the Gators and sit on the ground and eat bowl peanuts, you know, and have a blast. And so it was it was a part of my tradition growing up. But there are tons of people who get to pick a school to cheer for who didn't go there. Let's take someone who went to a service academy. Right. I have a friend. That's who I was at the barbecue with over the weekend. He went to the Naval Academy. So he wants to pick a team in Florida to cheer for as well and, you know, go to games and stuff. So he picked Florida. Smart man, obviously. But certainly he could pick any school. And and then there's the people, too, who let's say they went to a, like a religious school. I have a friend that did that. And but they're, you know, fans of a bigger university and they want to be a football fan. That is all well and good and enjoy the heck out of it. But don't be the person who has, like I said, no ties to the university and you're the one who's trying to trash talk other people. That's what I can't stand. And that's when I will get mouthy. And that's when I... And those fans need a reason to cheer for them. Like, oh, I like this player because he is a part of a foundation I support. Or I love this coach because, for whatever reason, like, pick a reason. Don't be like, oh, I look great in blue. (laughs) That's why I love them. (laughs) 
Oh. Which, by the way, orange and blue are some of the hardest colors to pull off. Those are off. terrible colors, so Lauren. I, colors. And I wear orange and blue every Friday during football season. Do you look good? No, of course not. But I do kind of slide the blue sometimes to, like, the Auburn Navy. blue. Yeah, okay. or, like, Carolina blue if it matches. Right. You know, right. whatever. It's, it's all within well and reason. But I'll never forget, I was at the um, first Florida State college playoff game this season at a friend's house. And every single person who was at the house watching the game went to Florida State, except for me. And one other person. The other person, I figured out probably five minutes into his trash talking, did not attend the University of Florida, just based off of, you know, what he was saying and stuff. And so finally, he was, of course, the mouthiest one, the most obnoxious, cheering for Oregon. And it's like, dude, you don't have a reason to do that. That's the other thing I cannot stand. Even if, let's say, I obviously hate Florida State. I'm not going to go to your house, Amanda, and cheer for the other team. I just think that's so rude. And so finally, I just, you know had my friend who was hosting say, um, raise your hand if you went to Florida State, and everyone did. <laughs> raise your hand if you went to Florida. I was the only one, and of course the person who was the ridiculous one just had to sit there. And, so you, you know. made him feel like an outsider as revenge. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But you know what? And it wasn't even my team that he was bashing, but I still couldn't stand it. It's oh, on my nerves. All right, really quickly before we have to go to break, Blythe, please tell everyone how your obsession with fanny packs came about it, it, it's only been a recent obsession because i went down to disney for for just a quick little family vacation and i was thinking about what purse i was going to take inside and i'm like i don't want to take a purse even the crossbody one like it's just too it you might it, get strap lines yeah, i've learned it, it's too. too much so <laughs> me and a girlfriend that went down we were like we should go and get some cheesy tourist fanny packs and so we went like looking around and all we could find were like these sophisticated ones and i was like well what is a still... sophisticated fanny pack it's not <laughs> Like it's typical, actually really cute. Yeah, it, really? it's not. I, I guess you would think of like a pink one that's you know plastered with princesses and, and kind of like the plastic with yeah. the you yeah know, with super the, cheap. Just zipper. That's it. Okay. This thing had like 15 pockets on it. I kept everything that I needed. It was on me. I was hands free the whole day. So I came home and I'm like, okay, I need to find one for Jaguar season because that was that's what I was going to ask. Because you're gonna, are you going to wear it to Jaguars game? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not going to be clear. It's going to pass whatever purse rule that they have <laughs> in place. But there are some super cute ones that are on Etsy. They're custom made ones. They're like leather. They look like just like expanded belts and then there's other ones that my girlfriend told me about that they're called jammy packs and they have built-in speakers so you can plug your phone Why? that's when i started to get play excited. music from them and they're i mean they're moderately priced you know 30 40 50 bucks depending on what kind you want 50 dollars for a fanny pack but but that's got a statement i mean that's compared to like a purse. 400 yeah, for right. a purse it's, yeah. it's a statement piece and it plays music so but the important question is will you bedazzle it no, oh. I will not. Oh. So what's the point? You can buy glitter ones. They have okay. glitter ones what's with the point speakers. of the fanny pack. No, what's in? the point of buying a fanny pack if you're not going to bedazzle it? Yes. I want to look cool. <laughs> Listen, Initials. You can't look cool with a fanny pack. I, you have you to can. go super cheesy or just not at all. It no. doesn't work. I, it does work. I tried you it can. over the weekend. Well, show yep, me I'll, a photo. I'll, I'll show you the show picture. Show me a photo. Yeah, show show the photo. Yeah. I do have one question Make for you about a fanny pack. If you saw... Johnny Manziel at a pool, would you hurl the finny pack at him um, while screaming at him that Ryan Tannehill I would than him? throw it because I'd probably hit him. If he <laughs> threw it to me, he'd probably miss. What if Very he was cool. wearing a fanny pack? Oh, that would be awesome. You, you know Johnny's not that smart. I know, but I would love it if he wore a fanny pack. <laughs> we are going to get into a little bit more on Johnny Manziel, and uh, we'll remind you what Donna Murphy calls him as we return on 1010XL 92.5 FM. I just want to see you shine. Wait till next 
Helmets and Heels on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. It's a good time to talk about Johnny Manziel because we were just talking about bags. And as Donna attends to her son, I uh, will give her, I will stall and give her a little time as we are back on Helmets and Heels. Amanda Borges, Vlad Brumley, Donna Murphy, Lauren Brooks with Marcel Robinson shooting lots of film because you know what, Frank Frangie, this show can't get enough footage. That's right. Cannot. All right, Donna, please remind everyone why and what you call Johnny Manziel. Well, you can't really call him a, a D-bag so many, <laughs> you know, really the full name on air. So I decided just to call him Johnny Bag. Johnny and Bag. Johnny okay. Bag. And what would you like- say is his most egregious? Not I should his say flaw. That. Yeah, his most egregious fault He's, to, he, up to this point. <clears throat> There's so many to choose from. I, I want to say he is an immature moron. Can I do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's a very nice way to put it. Yeah, Absolutely. There's only that's why he's called Johnny Bag. Right. That's the only you know yeah, thing I, like I can it. go with. The funny part is, in this one particular story, it's the probably the first and only time I've ever taken Johnny Manziel's side. This fan, it says in the article, repeatedly was harassing him. Here he is trying to enjoy himself, get away for a little bit. Obviously, he's had some issues. He's been in rehab. He's now out. He's enjoying himself at the golf tournament, which, by the way, last week, because it was a short week, I forgot to pick my golfer, and I was oh, very upset all weekend. I couldn't watch any of the golf. <laughs> anyway, side story. So... Johnny Menzel gets harassed and finally throws a water bottle at this kid. And then his friend ends up actually pushing him, but the kid ends up not pressing charges or anything. And then, like I said, he throws the insult at him that Ryan Tannehill is better than him. What would you have done if you're Johnny Menzel and do you agree with what he ended up doing? For me, fans can be really, can be jerks. And in, in that situation, I think that the kid had asked repeatedly over and over again, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he's at a public golf tournament and if he starts signing autographs for one person, he's going it, to, it's just one of those instances that you just got to politely decline and then hopefully the fan goes away. I'd almost put the blame on Johnny Manziel's friends that were around him. Why not take the brunt of that action? Take care of that guy yourself because a lot of times these guys are just looking for a rise out of him and he was baited into it and he, he fell for it once again. And it, I think it's just another case of Manziel putting him into a situation that he doesn't need to be in in the first place. I don't necessarily think that it was his fault for the actions. I mean, you're always at fault for your own actions, but at the end of the day, it, some of these fans got to be put in their place. It's like Charles Barkley said, I think yesterday on the, on the Colin Cowherd show that he's punched eight fans and they all deserved it. <laughs> you got to say it in the Charles Barkley voice though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Fans are always obnoxious. They're always trying to push buttons, and I get it. But, Johnny, you're in this situation. You are a well-known quarterback. You need to step up to that next level of maturity. He can't handle it. He can't. Mm-mm. And if you can't handle it, then don't put yourself in those situations. Yeah, his friends could have stepped up, but, no, that's on him. You can't. People are going to heckle you. All the time, throughout your entire career, you could be the best quarterback ever, and someone's still going to hate you, and you have to learn to deal with it. If he cannot deal with one, one little fan, what do you think any defensive line is going to do to him? <laughs> Anybody. The whole I, team. I really hope they say Ryan Tannehill is better than you. Right? <laughs> Someone well, you will. You know the Dolphins will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. it's just, I mean, come on. One fan got to you. One. 
well, one fan. But it's one he person bugging you him. over yeah, hours. Like no. ten times. Yeah, but he'll be in a game somewhere out of Cleveland, even maybe in Cleveland, and the whole stadium will bother him for three hours. Hello. I don't know. I think during the game, it is a little bit different if you're in, like, I I imagine the situation was similar to this, where, like, the kid is over there, maybe 10 feet away, maybe more. I don't know. And if you can constantly hear it, yeah, that's going to bother you. There's still no excuse for what he did. But in a game, you're not paying attention to anything outside because you're just focused on your game. So it is different. But what happens, take baseball, for instance. You're an outfielder. Anybody in the outfield, they're going to heckle you nonstop throughout the game. They don't do anything. They don't go all around our tests and go in the stands and start a melee. But that's your job. And when you're that is a, his job, right? When you're at a pool just hanging out, you should be left alone. You should after the first three to five times, with the, the fans should be told by security, "Hey, shut your mouth, go away." With his the boys, tent, yeah, with friends, you're, you're relaxing. They were all wrong. Everybody was wrong in this whole situation. <laughs> they were. But I mean, I just look at it like. Really, one fan, one fan, one guy got to you. I would have been like, so hey, Johnny, we, can we, you fill that water bottle up with something better than water and then throw it at me? Probably, that's, and that's sad, but that might be what, you know, he needs. But there's also players that bring it upon themselves. Like, drama just seems to surround them. And I think Johnny Manziel is the perfect example of that. I, I, I don't know how he's going to be able to handle all of the baggage that comes with being an NFL starting quarterback if he can't handle you know, no. a fan that's, say, 10 feet away from him and, and, and talking trash to him for hours. I mean, I know it's got to be annoying, but that's when you get your boys to step in and say right. something to him and have him handle the situation. But the company he keeps is probably not the best. Or you remove yourself from your situation. If I'm in a situation where I'm like, I'm about to snap or I'm uncomfortable, I will leave. And he could have done the same thing. He could have. That's, that's where true. common sense comes into right. play. right. Speaking of a man without common sense, Ray Rice. Yeah, I'm throwing you these bones. I love yes, right? these transitions. <laughs> this is great. So great. I, I don't even know what to say about Ray Rice at this point, other than the head of the Players Association, the Players Union, came out, Demora Smith, or however you mm-hmm. pronounce his first name, um, came out and said that he feels the NFL is blackballing Ray Rice and that it's unfair and it's setting a bad precedent. I could not disagree more with one human. And I think that most of what DeMora Smith does and says is pretty on point, but I couldn't disagree more. This league needs to take, as we've talked about, needs to take a direct, completely different stance than they have taken on domestic violence in the past. They have let so many different players play after incidents have happened, and not just one, but multiple. In this case, if the NFL is blackballing him, and I'm not necessarily in agreement with that part of it, but if they are, I think they're doing the exact right thing. I don't think it's blackballing at all. I think it has to do with the baggage outweighing the talent. And for someone who's an aging running back, I think he only averaged about three yards a carry, 44 yards a game in 2013. 2013 was the last year that he played. And he's 28, so he really is old. No team is going to take a chance on you, especially with that kind of baggage surrounding you. So I don't think that it's blackballing at all. I, I just think it's the fact that his baggage is outweighing the talent. And if it is blackballing, Amanda, do you agree with what the owners would be doing then? You could call it blackballing, but they would never come out and say, yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. Of course not. If it weren't for the video, he probably still wouldn't be playing. Did you hear the stats Blythe just brought up? Like, that's not what you want on your team. And then if you have this same guy with the stats that are going down every single year who beat his fiance now wife and 
I don't even need to go into all of that. There's just no way he will ever play in the league again. He is, we talked about this before, he's the poster child of the NFL now going in the direction of we are against domestic violence, we'll do whatever we can to help our players in whatever way possible. So I definitely doubt that he will ever play ever again. When did this happen? A year ago. So he missed all of last year. He missed all yeah. of 2014. Um, <laughs> so sorry. I'm so no. sorry. JT is he doesn't like Ray Rice either. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He's <laughs> telling everyone what he thinks. You know, when the, and I'm not trying to do any kind of comparison of, of Michael Vick at all, but it took, it needed to be away for a few years to get everybody's head cleared. You know, that's what, I mean, obviously he went to jail and that's why he was away, but I just don't think any team, I know that we were in need, you know, here, Jags, the Jags were in need of a running back, but they're not going to take their chance with somebody like that. This organization would never do that. Yeah. The talent is there. Somebody's going to take a risk. Look at Greg Hardy with the Cowboys, Adrian Peterson with the Vikings and Michael Vick. The Cowboys have picked Every known felon possible this offseason. <laughs> and even in the draft. I don't, that's a whole other topic what Dallas is doing. But it's the fact that if you have talent, people are over, people are willing to overlook the baggage. I don't think NFL owners are sitting around yeah. having secret meetings and talking about how they can keep Ray Rice out of the league. I think it's I don't know. So. He can't play anymore. He just doesn't have it. I mean, it's so, man. Or go somewhere else. If, if that's going on, I want to see this kind of hooded meeting that's, you know, Da Vinci Code like behind the scenes. <laughs> Let's like see what ladder in FIFA. Yeah, I want to see what's going on. <laughs> oh gosh, the FIFA stuff is just disgusting. I, I don't. To be a fly on the wall. Mm. Ugh, <laughs> I just don't even want to. Talk did did about you know that the World Cup has uh, three? It, the revenue that it brings in is three times over what the Super Bowl brings in. No, yeah, it's FIFA. Wow, but the World Cup, so, far and away, is the most profitable sport. It in does all. make sense because well, they have so many more games. Yeah, and, and obviously it's and over in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Soccer's huge, huge. It's so funny. We're in such a small, like, our own little world over here. Like, we think football's everything. No. no it, Go over it, there. Soccer. Soccer's everything. That's what I everything. grew up playing. Yep. Um, and you know what? Coming up next, we'll ask Ben Koyak if he ever played soccer growing up. Because he grew up up north. Soccer may have been uh, the sport to play when mm-hmm. it was a little too cold to play other sports. But the Jaguars rookie tight end will join us next. You're listening to Helmets and Heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Just as free. And heels on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Welcome back to Helmets and Heels. Amanda, Donna, Blythe, and Lauren alongside you, as well as little JT down there. He's about to eat some fruit. And we have Jaguars rookie tight end Ben Koyak joining us. Now, Ben, right before we came back from break, I told our producer Scott, who does a fantastic job, that you got to pick the music. So I just need to know did you just pick Zach Brown Band Free? I mean, I didn't pick that song personally, but I mean, I'm definitely a Zach Brown fan, so I'm I'm, I'm more than okay with that pick. Excellent. Okay, because I put together my list of top five songs last week for the show, and one of them was "Free" by Zach Brown. Great song. That's good. So good you get you get excellent points starting off. Yep. 
take all the credit for that, Ben. All right. So, Ben, you're from up north. Did you play soccer growing up? Um, only for a couple of years when I was really young, but then um, I started venturing out into different sports, so I didn't really play that much. And besides football, what was your favorite sport? Um, probably growing up, baseball. Uh, I mean, that was pretty much my thing up until high school. So, I mean, I was very much a baseball player, and then I did track in high school, too. Who's your professional team for baseball? Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, Frangie's Frank so would happy. love you. <laughs> All right, who's who's better, McCutcheon or Marte? Oh, McCutcheon, no doubt. Yeah? All right. See, I have a little little secret love for Marte. I think he's fantastic. I mean, I like him, too. He's a good guy. But, I mean, McCutcheon, you can't compete with him. That's very true. Have you gone to any Jacksonville Suns games since you've been I here? I haven't, no. No? How are they doing, by the way? Do we know? Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't want to talk about that one. Someone's shaking their head. I'm so <laughs> sorry. You know sorry I asked the, the important part about the Suns game is how much fun they are. Okay. And uh, Thursday night throwdown is this Thursday. So if you're bored, Ben, two for one, <laughs> two for one cocktails and buds for a buck. I mean, I don't even know if you're 21 yet, but <laughs> buds for a buck. Just nice. kidding. Hey Ben, when you were playing um, in uh, college. I know that it says here. I'm looking on Wikipedia, so I'm trying to figure out how true Wikipedia is for you. Okay? Okay. All right. So it says that you did catch the 22-yard game-winning touchdown against Stanford. True? Yeah, that's true. How exciting was that for you? I mean, that was pretty exciting. Definitely the only experience like that I've had. Um, it's the kind of thing you always, you know, dream about when you're, you know, playing catch in the backyard with, like, your brother or your friend. So, I mean, it was pretty awesome to actually be able to do it. What was it like being part of Notre Dame? I mean, it was a great honor, you know. Um, so many good guys have gone before me and represented uh, very well. And um, it's a great academic institution as well as, you know, great football program. So, again, um, it was a great honor for me to be able to be a part of that group. Ben, t- take us to draft day. Can you tell us what's going through your mind? Um, you know, it's just a mix of a bunch of different emotions, you know, excitement, anxiety. I mean, pretty much everything, you know, anyone will tell you. Um, I was just hoping, you know, that I'd get that call and someone would be, you know, giving me a call and telling me they were picking me. And um, finally they did, and I was, you know, overjoyed just to get that opportunity. How did the conversation go with Gus? Um, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I was... For me, my heart was just being really fast. I don't know if I even remember too much of what they were saying. I just, I just knew what the call was, and I was just saying yes, 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 everything they were asking. So, what if you said no? What happened? I mean, Are you allowed I mean, to say no? I mean, I'm sure there was some questions I had to say no, but I'll, I was just agreeing with everything. They're like, "Do you like Brussels sprouts?" They're like, "Yes, <laughs> anything." <laughs> Um, so, Ben, I've been to Notre Dame one time. I went up to South Bend my sophomore year in college, and it was about 20 degrees in late October. It was, Ooh. for me as a Floridian, beyond freezing. I went to actually, this is a bad story, I went to the Notre Dame-Boston College game. Notre Dame was undefeated up to that point. You were probably very young. It was 2001, <laughs> I think. And um, Boston College ended up winning. But regardless, what I want to know is what did you do for fun in South Bend, and now that you're in Jacksonville, what are you going to do for fun down here? Um, I mean, in um, South Bend, there's a lot of stuff, I mean, but pretty much all of it just revolves around, you know, the guys you hang out with. So, I mean, um, we had a local, um, I think it was like a double-A baseball team there. You could go see some games. Um, yeah, we we just had a bunch of, like, little, like, spots around campus where people would go hang out. Um, then, I mean, just hanging out with friends, we would just... 
Would spots around campus be bars? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Can you say that? <laughs> He's like, I'm in fifth. Ben, I've spoken to you a couple times in the locker room. You have spent time with Mercedes Lewis and Julius Thomas and a couple of, of other tight ends this week and last week. Who would you say is the funniest out of the tight end group? Um, I mean, I probably, I mean, I, I don't know if I can point to just one. I mean, anytime I try to, I try to answer that before, you know, every guy, every guy has a pretty good sense of humor. So, I mean, I think it's a group we're all, uh, a pretty, um, funny group of guys. How lucky do you feel to be able to now be on the same team as these guys? Oh, definitely pretty lucky. I mean, obviously they've been in the league a while and established themselves. I mean, it's a great honor, you know, just to be able to be in the same room as them and learn from them. You've you've spent a short time in Jacksonville so far. What has been your favorite place that you've been to? I mean, in the hospital, I haven't really been to many places, but um, Everbank. I mean, we we went we went um, went to the player championship at uh, Sawgrass, so I mean that was pretty cool. Did did they let you golf at all, or take a shot at um, seventeen? Yeah, we got to we got to take a shot on the mock par three on the mock seventeen hole. Um, shanked both of my tries, but I mean, you're not alone. Yeah. I mean, it's harder than it looks. <laughs> did you know what to wear? To, did they prepare you that it's kind of a preppy scene at, at the players? Yeah, I mean they told us, but I mean at the end of the day, it was a pretty hot day, so just dressed to, for the weather more or less. Because I saw the picture of like Chad Henney, and he was totally styling. Was he? Yes. Wow. Yeah, printed shorts and terrible. Oh, yeah. terrible. Some guys <laughs> go all out. And Ben, I appreciate you. Comfort over <laughs> what's that saying? Comfort over beauty or something? Probably I don't know. Ben. I'm probably making this up. I apologize. So, what is your <laughs> what's your style then? When you're not in football pads and cleats, what are you wearing? Um, probably just like sweats or gym shorts most of the time. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm an athlete, so I can pull it off for now. But I mean, <laughs> absolutely. So, I mean, I try to semi-casual, you know, when possible, but at the, at the moment, that's what I'm working with. Ben, I want to take you back to your high school days in Oil City, Pennsylvania. Um, you were a pretty good track and field athlete. Talk about your uh, javelin days. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I started throwing javelin my sophomore year, and because I, my uh, coach won't let me, my baseball coach won't let me play baseball and track, so I just decided to throw javelin, and I ended up winning states my junior year. Nice. Very nicely done. You are you are quite the talented athlete. Um, all right. So if there's one story that you would not want your parents to tell people about you, what would that be? I mean, if there's that story, I don't know if I should be telling it to you guys either. <laughs> Come on, no, you can trust us. Just helmets, We're no. not even on the air right now. <laughs> just joking. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure my mom knows just about everything. Half the time, she's telling me she wish she does she didn't know the story to tell her. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I even have any. Never got, like, I don't know, a speeding ticket or in trouble coming home late? I mean, I, I definitely got in trouble coming home late a few times. Um, you know, so, I mean, just normal stuff. I mean, I wish I had, like, some outrageous story where I could wow you guys. But, I mean, I was a pretty mellow guy. I kind of figured you wouldn't have one because yeah. uh, I, I had some friends that attended Notre Dame and their records are pretty spotless. <laughs> Why yeah. is that? Is that a Notre Dame thing? Is it strict there? I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there's—I won't say there's a ton of rules, but I think it's just understood that 
uh, they try to hold everyone to a higher standard. And most people are, I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a very prestigious academic place, so you don't really have a ton of time to, like, fool around. You spend a lot of time studying. Like me. Oh, studying. <laughs> Who has time for studying in college? Says the Florida State graduate. <laughs> Did you actually get to play with Manti Teo, probably the most famous of the Notre Dame athletes to come out in recent years? Yeah, I did. Um, I played with him my freshman year. Very nice. I figured y'all would have crossed paths at one point. Ben, what do you think about Everett Golson transferring to Florida State? I mean, I think Everett's a great guy. He's a great quarterback, and I honestly think he'll be successful wherever he goes. I mean, um, I mean, him and me had a good relationship. So, I mean, again, I just I think he'll be successful whether that's whether he was a Notre Dame or Florida State. So that means you're now going to be a Florida State fan, right? I mean, I'll be an Everett Golson fan. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Good answer. All right, Ben, we're going to ask a few really fast questions. So just off the top of your head, favorite food? Right. Um, anything Italian. <laughs> Can you cook? What? <laughs> Can you cook? Oh, yeah. I mean, not any great dishes, but I can. What eggs? Best meal you can cook. I assume pasta, right? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I can make some... What's it called? Squash pasta with spiralizer. Wow! Spaghetti squash. Spaghetti squash. That's a little fancy. That's super yeah, fancy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite band, and we did already ask about music, but favorite band. Um, I mean, again, I would have to just say anything country. I don't know who my favorite the moment would be, but I'll go Zach Brown band. I mean, now you guys got me thinking about them. Solid choice. Rating. Have you heard about the Country Superfest, by the way? I think I heard someone talking about it. I don't really know any details about it. Though. Okay, it's not this weekend. It's next weekend. Yep. It's at your uh, place of work, your place of employment <laughs> at Everbank Field. Two days back-to-back. Zach Brown Band will be there one day. Kenny Chesney will be there. Keith Urban will be there. Cole Swindell, David Nail, Tyler Farr. I can go on. Um, all right, back to the questions. Favorite movie? I knew you guys were going to ask this. Um, anything dramatic. I mean, maybe right now Gone Girl. I'd say it's pretty good. Wow. All okay. right. Um, I've heard the book is pretty good, by the way. All right, chocolate it's or vanilla? Oh, you read it? Nice. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Don't uh, be embarrassed. I'll, That's cool. <laughs> but I'll go vanilla. 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 Nice. All right, uh, do you sing in the shower? Uh, of course, who doesn't? Absolutely. Beep. Do you sing Zach Brown? <laughs> is that what you sing? Um, I'll sing whatever whatever just happened to be on the radio that okay. day. Beach or snow? Beach. Nice. So you're in a good place. Basketball yeah. or golf if you're going to be watching it? Um, if I'm watching basketball. All right. And uh, last one, if you got to play any position outside of tight end, what would you play? Probably quarterback. He used to play it in high school, so, right. I mean, it would be, it'd be fun to go back. Absolutely. Nice. Good answers. Yeah, well, if you ever want to teach us how to throw a nice spiral... Come on over. Or make spaghetti squash. Yeah, I was going to say, I can do the <laughs> spiral, but I don't know how to make spaghetti squash. <laughs> or you so can teach Johnny Manziel. Yeah, oh, that too. <laughs> ben Koyak, Jaguars tight end, rookie year this year. We're looking for some exciting things out of you, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. And, uh, we look forward to some of that spaghetti squash. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. That was Ben Koyak. Jaguars tight end. He gets to join the likes of Julius Thomas and Mercedes Lewis. Talk about, could there be a better group of tight ends? I mean, I would rather personally learn from Julius Thomas than Rob Gronkowski, but that's just me. And I'm glad Donna doesn't have a mic right now, so she cannot (laughs) 
kind of uh, disagree. Talk with about me. Rob. Exactly. All right, ladies, I might uh, I might actually leave you on your own for crosstalk with Tony Smith because I am chasing a national championship tonight. I don't know if you oh, heard. Oh, you personally. I personally, mm-hmm. Lauren Hager, Lauren Brooks, same exact thing. Same thing. She's a she's a she's a ball hitter, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, we will check in with Tony next. You are listening to Tintin XL on 2.5 FM.